Good evening and welcome all that matters listeners on behalf of IGMA Inc. Thank you so very much for taking time out of your very busy weekend to connect with me, your girl, Dr. Angela Griffin, aka Dr. A, here on our weekly All That Matters talk show, where our weekly broadcast concept continues to focus on our blinked strategic pillars. I know you guys are wondering, what are blinked strategic pillars? You guys ask great questions and they are business, legal matters, education, nonprofit, technology, and our healthcare. Now today, I have the amazing pleasure of welcoming my very special guest, Mr. Carl Etwater and singer, Mr. Etwater. I am wonderful. How are you, doctor? You know, I love it when people give me those words like wonderful, great, wonderful, define wonderful. Did you hit the lottery? Uh, Just about, I'm, I'm just about to cash in on that that lotto ticket that God has blessed me with. You know what? <laughs> remember me. <laughs> yes, everybody wants me to remember them. And I have a wonderful memory, so. Okay, well, good, good. Well, now that we know that you are wonderful, why don't you do me the honor of sharing a little bit about your background with our awesome listeners? I'd love to. I'm originally from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, born and raised. Um, and then I went to the North Carolina School of the Arts as a voice major and transferred to Howard University as a voice major and ended up getting my degree from Howard University as a theater major. And after I graduated from Howard, I bounced to New York, made my living as an actor. And uh, then after a few years, I, um, I was cast as the lead in a sh- national tour of a show called Williamson Walker. And this is in 97. And after we came, we were on tour for a 13 plus months. And after a wonderful tour all across the United States and to the Cayman Islands, uh, I came back to New York. This is in the days before computers and cell phones and all this. So it's like, okay, I had to reestablish myself back in the city of New York. And I realized that, you know, I like to eat on a regular basis. So I went to work for the post office. And after 28 and a half years of working for the post office, um, I retired five years ago. And now I am back to doing what I passionately love to do, which is performing on stage in uh, movies, uh, music videos, on television, uh, commercials, and uh, doing also vocal work. So I'm blessed at the age of six to have a resurgence uh, of my career. And I'm wonderful. I'm ecstatic to be able to do what I love to do and get paid for it. You know, I got to drop back and punt for just a second. I was listening. I heard the post office. And let's just go all the way back for a minute. At what point in your life did you realize theater I mean did you like grow up like me with a hairbrush in the mirror you know how did you know that theater was the lane that you were going to start hanging out in it wasn't until I was 17 years old and uh, I'll tell you what I consider to be a very interesting story I was in a bus accident my senior year of high school going into my senior year of high school I always very independent, always wanted to make my own money. 
So I knew I needed a part. I wanted to work after school. And so I did what I needed to do to get my license and became a school bus driver. Because at that point in time, 1975, we still had student bus drivers. And so I was driving the bus and I was, as I said, age of 17, I'd only been driving for maybe a year. And we had, it was stick shift, had 112 kids on my bus. And due to my lack of experience, I didn't understand the gearing down aspect and all the weight that I had on the bus. And I was involved in an accident. And as a result of that accident, I now had no part-time job. And they had auditions for Godspell. And my cousin had been in a show the year before, my cousin and I are the same age. And I said, well, she can do it, I can do it. So I auditioned for Godspell. I was given a solo, the big production solo, the name of the song is We Beseech Thee. And while sitting on stage, as the character who played Jesus walked by and the spotlight hit him. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, I can remember this moment like it was yesterday. The spotlight hit him and as he walked by me and the silhouette of that spotlight hitting him. And I looked up and I remember thinking, I could do the rest of my life. I actually had that thought on stage during a performance one day. And that's when I was literally bitten by the bug as they say. And we next we did Godspell, we did um, celebrations, Godspell, Oklahoma, then celebration, and all of those things kind of ended up steering me to the North Carolina School of the Arts, where about nine later another miracle took place, and that is I decided to audition for the School of the Arts uh, at, um, in the drama department. Only I was a um, precocious, procrastinating 18-year-old. And so I did not prepare my audition properly. So I got to the audition. This is July. After I graduated from high school, I had auditioned, no, excuse me, I had applied to Howard University. They rejected me because I partied too much when I was in high school. So I didn't make it on my grades. And uh, so I get to the schoolyards and I audition and I forgot the words to my, both monologues. Uh, because I didn't prepare properly. And fortunately, they asked us to sing a song just to see if we could sing. And fortunately, I can sing. Uh, I'm a uh, double bass. I have a very deep voice and a singing voice. And so I sang Old Man River. And um, so we finished the audition. I go back out to the car and I tell my mom, she asked me, how did it go? I said, oh, they're not going to accept me. I forgot the words to the monologue. So she said, okay, well, here's some money. Go on back in the cafeteria, get yourself something to eat, and we'll go home. I'm sitting in the cafeteria just kicking myself because I'm looking around at all these kids and all this energy from, from all around the world, all this talent that I could have been a part of if I simply prepared, but I didn't. And the lady who held the audition, this little four-foot, 11-inch British lady, she comes walking by me. And she says, you just auditioned for the um, drama department, didn't you? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, if I could arrange an audition for you for the voice, for voice, would you consider being a voice major? Yes, ma'am. So I go back out and get my music. 15 minutes later, she introduced me to the chairman of the music of the voice department. I auditioned, was accepted on the spot. 
uh, was offered a scholarship on the spot. And this is July after high school graduation. If I don't get accepted to school, I'm not going to college because I only applied to two places, Howard and the School of the Arts. Howard rejected me. School of the Arts accepted me only because my mom put me back into that cafeteria. So if I don't go back in that cafeteria, I'm not going to college. You and I are probably not even having this conversation. So I ended up going to the School of the Arts. And then the third event took place about nine months apart. And the third one was about nine months later. I go visit my cousin at Howard. And uh, in, on my spring break from the School of the Arts that year, I went and I auditioned at Howard for the voice department and was accepted on the spot, was, grant, was offered a full scholarship. And I immediately said, yeah, absolutely, I'd love to go to Howard. So, so bus after that, go back in the cafeteria, go audition, boom, boom, boom. About nine months, each one apart, my life turned on a dime three times from the time I was 17 until the time I was 19. And um, God takes care of babies and fools. And that's how I ended up as a theater major at Howard University and ended up getting my degree from Howard. I have a BFA, a Bachelor's of Fine Arts from, uh, from Howard University. Well, you know what? I'm just sitting here taking notes, thinking if nothing else, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to get ready to take our first break. But the key word that I took from our first segment is you've got to get prepared. Blessings will come, but when you prepare, they come a whole lot easier. So if you will, ladies and gentlemen, let's take that quick break. And we are going to come right back with Mr. Edwaters telling us what the journey looks like now. So if you will, take that break. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for taking that quick break with us. And I must say, Mr. Edwater, you really laid it out. What I took, as I said before, it helps to get prepared and not give up. And because if I recall, you said in the last segment that you really took your acting career, and I hate to ask people their age, but at what age did you take off with this acting career? And if somebody were listening and wanted to grow up and be like you, give us some nuggets. Come on now, feed us the tea. Okay. I am now, as I said, in a, a renaissance, if you will, of my career. In 1987, when I was 29, 29 years old, I went to New York. Well, I was in New York. I moved to, I moved to New York in 85. And while in New York, I auditioned for a show, was cast as the lead role. And uh, we, as I said, we toured the country and the Cayman Islands. <clears throat> it was wonderful. I was the star of the show, wonderful review, sold out houses in several places. Uh, standing ovations and all that good stuff. And uh, I just thought that that was the way things were going to be. And then I came back to New York and went, hmm, nobody knows I'm here because I've been on the road. So when it was time to reestablish myself, I, because as I said, we didn't have, um, you know, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have cell phones and all that stuff. So everything was rather manual and literally beating the pavement. So I settled in, eventually got a J-O-P because I like to eat on a regular basis. And then I um, did my time with the post office and I sort of put all that on the back burner. And now here I am uh, 
28 and a half years later, retired from the post office, which now was five years ago. And uh, so at the age of 60, I, my life as an actor was resurrected. And um, I did not know, I wasn't sure because it was a new environment because uh, now everything is digital. Uh, auditions are done by videotape and, you know, computer and all, all this is going on now. So I had to relearn the environment, but I've taken to it like a fish in water because I am loving what I'm doing. I'm working now much more than I did when I was younger. And uh, I'm, I have the opportunity to, I do stage film, uh, music videos, voiceover work, television. And uh, I absolutely love what I do. And I've, these last few years, I, I just kind of, I started out asking a lot of questions, which I still do. But as I've learned things along the way, and one of the things that I've learned is this is a very relationship business. So you want to always treat people the way you want to be treated. Um, be professional, show up on time, be prepared, do a good job. And because you never know who you may end up working again and or what capacity they may be in the next time you see them. So a person who may be working costumes or as special effects today may end up being a director for another project down the road. And then when you come, come before them again, if you were a real jerk when they were in costumes and they remember that and not have the opportunity to cast you, they're going to be like, I want to work with him. He, you know, he sucked all the air out of the, uh, you know, the production when he was on set before. But uh, I can promise you that the majority of the people who I've worked with will tell you that my presence on on a set in rehearsals uh, is I always try to be, be positive and not in a fake sense, but anyway, I, I, I'm genuinely a very optimistic and positive person. So I always try to be uh, a, a figure, if you will, because frequently I'm the oldest person on, on the production. Now I'm, uh, I'm 64 years old. And um, so the vast majority of the people who are with now are younger than me. And I'm fine with that. I, I embrace my role of being a mentor, of being a big brother. Um, I, I tell most people to call me Carl. And, um, that, and, and I meet a lot of, there are parents of some of the kids that I work with and some of the parents are young enough to be my children. So uh, I worked on a show last year, well, for the last two years. And um, some of the kids are young enough to be my children and some of them are young enough to be my grandchildren. So these are the people who I often work with. And so, uh, and, and I always affectionately call them my kids. And, and I tell them, hey, look, this is by no means a, a demeaning, said from the heart and very affectionate. But anyway, I, at the age of 60, I got a kickstart and it's, I've been going like gangbusters. So year before last, I did, four stage productions, 12 films, two TV shows, shot three commercials and did a couple of music videos. This past year, I did three stage productions, four or five commercials, about nine or 10 films, some feature films, some short films, and 
some of the films that I shot from the year before were released this past year, uh, 2022. And um, so, and and thing about film and TV is it is, you work on it now, and sometimes you have to wait months, and in some cases years, before you see the product. Uh, one of the films that, uh, I had a film that premiered in Los Angeles this past year at the largest Black theater festival in the world, which was sort of started by Danny Glover and some other folks, uh, the um, Pan-African Theater Festival in LA. My first time at any theater festival, the Pan-African Theater Festival, and it's a film that I was the star of the film. It's called um, Apple Corps is the name of the film. It's a short film. And probably be, it'll probably premiere on television later this year. We're in 2023 now, yeah. Um, but that film showed in 12, 13, 14 film festivals. And so I was, I got to be part of uh, a very successful vehicle uh, that I really enjoyed. And uh, in fact, it's going to be showing in Texas, in Dallas this month, up to two and a half weeks. And I'm probably going to go to that. So I've, I've, I've been very fortunate to work a lot and I'm working a lot now. I now have two agents. I have an agent here in Atlanta and she was so impressed with my work. She introduced me to her agent in Phoenix. So I now have an agent on the Eastern part of the United States and on the Western part of the United States. And so we are now, we just repackaged me with new headshot and things. So I'm believing that for as good as these last two years have been, that this year is going to you know, make those two pale by, by comparison. Just out of curiosity, before we get ready to take a quick break, you may be in line for a third agent. So if somebody wanted to reach you, how would we go about reaching you? Well, I'm easy to reach. My email address is carlwater at gmail.com and C-A-R-L-E-A-T-W-A-T-E-R at gmail.com. And I'm on, what's the thing? Instagram, there we go. And that's at Carl Atwater. And also I have a presence on Facebook. And on Facebook, I have two accounts, but the one I prefer to use, I use my middle name, which is Carl Everett Atwater. And Carl is always spelled C-A-R-L-E. And so, and my phone number is 718-541-3898. So that's 718-541-3898. Yeah, so those are all the wonderful ways to reach me. Well, I think this is a great place for us to take a quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, I know you want to hear more because what I want to talk about is those upcoming projects that you've got. Surely there's a way for us to come and witness for ourselves how awesome you are. So if you will, ladies and gentlemen, let's take another quick break and we will be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for taking another quick break with us. And I'm hoping you're enjoying those musical sounds played by our very own Belinda Carrington. But on that note, we're back. We're here talking with none other than Mr. Atwater. When I tell you y'all, I'm reliving an experience when my daughter was into acting and I just thought, and maybe this is a time to correct me, is it safe to say people who become actors are starving? Is that a safe assumption or is that just something I heard? Six in one hand, half dozen in the other. It's not a requirement, but there, I mean, that you hear about this starving artists, and there are lots of those. 
And uh, the reality of it is most people that go into performing, or be it stage or screen or TV, most people don't make it. A, a person who is considered a successful actor is a person who actually makes money doing it. Okay, because a lot of people call themselves actors. But if you're not making any money doing it, then it's just a hobby. And not that, you know, nothing bad about that. There's, there's no, nothing negative there. But a, a person who's considered to be successful in the profession is someone who's actually making money doing it. And um, you don't necessarily have to starve. And I'm fortunate that at this point in my life, because I did my time at the post office, I have a pension. So I get to pick and choose what roles I take because I don't have to have it. When, whereas if, and, I, and there's a pro and con there, um, because when you have to have it, you have that hunger, you have that gotta, 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 you know, pushing you. And, and there's an aspect of desperation. And that can be a very good thing. Because I'm comfortable, uh, I don't operate from that perspective. But because I have the discipline and know what it takes to, to get it done and do that, I, and as I said, I get to pick and choose what roles I take and what projects I audition for, I have a very high standard for myself. And so I always make sure to submit my best work as far as auditions and be it video or in person. And um, so I, I hold myself to a very high standard, but it's not a requirement to be a starving artist, a starving actor. But a lot of people do hear a lot of people talk about well, they're either, you know, the cab drivers or their waiters is the most typical job go along with being an actor till you make it. So, uh, and I know lots of folks who've done that. I was, I'm a master carpenter. So until I got cast in my first role, I was building that's uh, hanging lights. My degree from Howard was in design tech theater. So uh, I was backstage. So I know this craft. I know this, this industry, both sides. So, um, you know, I, I, I was, I've never been the starving artist. As I said, I went to work for the post office because I like to eat on a regular basis. <laughs> that being, that being hungry was not for me. I hear so, you. Well, let me ask you this. Now that we've gotten to this space, surely you've got some projects that are coming up and we can come out and see you so that I don't just have to have all this happy feeling inside by myself. The audience can get a chance to see you as well. So why don't you share with us what's coming up? Oh, I love to. Um, uh, several, I have several projects that I've worked on uh, in the last year or two and that are coming to the light of day now. Uh, the first one is called Frame of Reference. It was shot in Dallas, Texas, almost two years ago, and it was just released two weeks ago. Uh, it's a television series and by Watts Productions, and it is currently being screened in Dallas, but I know that there is a way to see it as and they've been very judicious in releasing the information, which is why I don't have it all at this point. But I know that the first episode aired weeks ago. I'm not sure how frequently they're going to air them, 
but uh, it's, it, it can currently be seen online in some capacity. And uh, so uh, that's something that I have on my um, Facebook page. And um, so frame of reference is something, I play the father of the principal character. So a young man, Edmund Larea, is uh, the star of the series, I his father. And then also there's a, a feature film called HBSU, uh, Historically Black Sellout uh, University. Uh, the acronym is for HBSU question mark. Uh, that was shot in North Carolina uh, a little over a year ago. That's going to be released this coming spring. Um, and uh, there is a way that people can follow that once again on my Facebook page, uh, Carl Everett Atwater. And um, you can sign up to get the notifications of when it's going to, when and where it's going to be released. And my fellow actor in that piece was a, um, uh, a border collie, a dog. Uh, and uh, he was fun to work with, uh, as well as the other human actors, but the dog was fun. I, I really love dogs. Uh, also, the, um, a few months ago, I shot a film called 11-11, where I play a homeless schizophrenic. And it's a wonderful, He's, uh, I play the lead role, and uh, I play a father who uh, had suffered from uh, bouts of schizophrenia and violence, and therefore he chose to live in the streets rather than be around his family because he didn't want to harm them. And uh, so he comes back to his daughter to ask for forgiveness because he's there for her life, and he comes back to meet his granddaughter. And uh, it's, uh, it's a wonderful piece and uh, a very unique and interesting ending that I'm not going to tell you. Um, so 1111. Um, and then um, my stage pursuits, uh, something I'm very, very proud of. If you like Motown, if you like music of the 50s, 60s, and 70s, there's a show called Juke Box Giants Motown and More. And it's in Atlanta, or in Marietta, actually, at the Strand Theater. And the website that you can find uh, information and tickets is strandmarietta.org. So that's S-T-R-A-N-D-M-A-R-I-E-T-T-A dot O-R-G. You go there, they, in the next month or so, are going to post their schedule for the year. And this show will play the two middle weekends of August and I'm the star of the show uh, and uh, I, I love the show because when I went to audition for the show in uh, January of 2020 they were they said they were having auditions for uh, a musical for two musicals and so I called myself a singer so I said well I have to at least go and audition now I know that when you go and audition for a musical it means you have to be prepared to sing act dance. I'm not a dancer. And at the time of this audition, I was 61 years old. But I go to the audition and it's myself, all these kids. And we go through the process of singing and the dancing and everything. And after we finished, I'm just high-fiving the kids, having a good time. And they said, okay, everybody, thank you very much. We'll let you know. 
I didn't hear anything all of January, all of February. And I thought, gave the parts to the kids. So, okay. End of February, I get an email that says, we'd like you to come to a callback audition. Please let us know if you'll be attending and be prepared to dance. So I show up the last day of February. is a leap year. So February 29th, I show up. And once again, it's myself with this gray hair and all these kids in their teens and 20s. And um, so we go through the process again. And um, after we finish the audition, they said, okay, everybody, thank you very much. We'll let you know by the end of March. And I'm thinking, and so I'm like, okay, I'm getting my stuff together and I'm ready to leave. And they said, Carl, hold up. We would like to talk to you. So it's now it's me, the producer, the choreographer, and the director, and all the other kids have gone. And the choreographer looks at me and says, okay, Carl, so you know you've been cast in the show, right? And my mouth falls open because they told everybody else the end of March. And the director looks at me and says, this is an original show. We were going in a completely different direction and then you showed up. So now we have rewritten the entire script around you. You will be the centerpiece of the show. And my mouth really fell open. And I just looked at him, I was like, are you serious? He said, yes. So uh, now that was 2020. Obviously that was the year of COVID. The show that was scheduled to go on that August got canceled because of COVID. But they told me quite adamantly, we are going to show when this COVID thing clears up. We want to do it with you. The following year, which was now a year and a half ago, we did the first production of Jukebox Giant, standing ovation every performance. It you was got to stop right there. I got to stop you because I'm listening and I'm thinking, we've had shows at this trans. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, I got caught up. We've got to get ready for our final break. You may want to come back because you want to hear more details and how you two can attend the show. So if you will, let's take our final break and we're going to come right back and allow Mr. Etwater to try and put a bow on this rich discussion we're having for those of you that think it's too late for you to live out your dream. So if you will, let's take our final break and we will be right back. Well, okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. You guys know I got caught up. I was visualizing what Mr. Atwater had to share about the Strands Theater. If you guys remember, go to our website, don't forget, because we also had a stitch in the Strand where our first play about I Give Myself Away was actually soaring and doing great. Let's just say we did great at the box office, but let's go back for just a moment. Somebody just chimed. I am in a master class, y'all. You know how I love to learn. And I promise you, Carl Etwater is reminding us there is life after life. So don't think life is over. And I would love for you to just possibly try and put a rich bow on this conversation, a recap, if you will, for somebody who may have just chimed in. Tell them again who you are, how we got here, what it is that you want them to take away that matters to you, if you don't mind. And the mic is yours. Uh, once again, my name is Carl Atwater. I'm a professional actor. I have a degree in theater from Howard University, and I absolutely love what I do. I get to perform on stage in, in front of uh, cameras and do voiceover work, and I, and I absolutely love it. And I had a wonderful resurgence of my career, if you will, 
since the age of 60 and just these last four or five years. Uh, and it's been, it's been fantastic. So my first message to any and everyone is it's never too late. It is never too late. And there's room for everyone. So don't think, oh, oh gee, I can't do that. Oh, yes, you can. All you have to do is apply yourself. So it's never too late to, to put forth the effort. It's never too late to have success doing it. Um, so you know, don't give up and don't think that you can't do it. There's room, I, I, I do voiceover work on occasion. There are 20, I'm sorry, there's, it's either 20, 28 or 32, I forget which. I took a voiceover class. There, uh, the, let's say there are 32. 32 genres of voiceover work that you can get involved in, okay? So your voice fit one of those, okay? There are all sorts of, if you look at television, look at all the different commercials that you see on television, all the different films that you see, the movies, the different things that, you know, there's a place in there for everyone. And someone is constantly producing these pieces, these films, these shows, um, you know, these videos. So that means there's a tremendous amount of work available. And Georgia, where I live, is right now a hotbed for a lot of these things um, because Georgia is a right to work state. But there's work all over the country. So it's just a matter of um, what you want to do and where you choose to do it. And now you don't have to only go to New York or only to Los Angeles. When I graduated from college in 84, that was it. It was either New York or L.A. Now you can work from anywhere in the country because now anywhere in the world, um, because now there is uh, there are you know all sorts of vehicles to be able to record yourself. Uh, I, I, you know I do voiceover work from my home, from my home studio. Um, I do my auditions from my home studio and send them in, and I frequently am cast in parts be just from the video that I send it. Uh, I, you know, I was amazed the first part that I got. Um, I sent the video in, and the guy was like, okay, the part's yours. And I'm like, really? Because I was so used to in-person audition. Um, but but let, let me go back for a second to uh, and finish up with the strand. Um, as I was saying, the um, at, at, the, at the callback, the director looks at me um, and says, this is an original. We were going in a completely different direction and then you show up. So now we have rewritten the entire script around you. So you will be the centerpiece of the show. And my mouth fell open and I was just amazed. So uh, when we finally did the show uh, and I, I literally play myself. My name is Carl, C-A-R-L-E. And when you see the program, you see me listed as Carl. Well, the entire, the, the premise of the show is I go down into my basement to look for a, a recipe book for my wife. And I stumble across my journal that I haven't seen in decades. And I proceed to read the journal. And what I read in the journal happens as a flashback on stage. So there's a young man who plays young Carl. That's the way he's listed in, in the program as young Carl. So, um, it's a wonderful piece. I mean, we do Temptations, Aretha Franklin, Four Tops, uh, Sam and Dave, The Drifters, um, Jackson Five, uh, Martha Reeves and the Vandellas, Tiny Family Stone, um, 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 uh, James Brown. I mean, the list goes on. Just And the 
the beauty, the, the beautiful thing, I was about to say the beautiful thing, the beautiful thing about the Strand is they have a real budget. So no, there's no cutting corners. The costumes are phenomenal. The, the staging is phenomenal. The, the sets, um, the band, the live band that when they start playing, you think you're listening to the record. I kid you not. These people are so talented. So this show is me and these 12 kids. They sing and dance their hearts out. I'm the narrator. And uh, once again, strandmarietta.org is where you can go to get your information for the tickets. And at the end of every show, and it's the two middle weekends of August, at the end of every show, I always make sure to come out into the lobby to meet and greet any and everybody who wants to stick around to say hello, take selfies, do autographs, or just chit chat. Uh, because that for me is that that's the heart, the heartbeat for me of what what and why I do what I do. Uh, I do a lot of film and television, but my my agents know middle of week the, the two middle week August, they're not booking me on anything because. That's what I absolutely love to do. I love being on stage. So um, uh, if you're coming from anywhere else, it's worth it to come to Atlanta in August to see this show, I promise you. Uh, so many people have told us we should take it to Broadway. Um, it is just that good. Now, moving on from that, um, there um, one of the things things that I get to do as well, because most of the people that I work with are younger than me, is um, mentoring them. I'm a, um, an active member of the Howard University um, Alumni Association here in Atlanta, and we have a mentorship program. And every year I get assigned uh, a high school student who's considering going to Howard, and I mentor them. Also, uh, as an acting coach, um, I uh, work with people to help them with their videos, with their uh, auditions, um, and um, and in preparation for auditions. So uh, that is also something that I do. Uh, I have because I'm a, I have three things that I claim to be my areas of uh, profession: professional actor, singer, I'm a master carpenter. 45 years. I'm a professional photographer. So uh, I've been shooting for over 45 years. And uh, so I have a full studio set up. So when someone comes in and uh, if I'm coaching them and how to do an audition and get set up, I've got all the equipment set up for them to be able to do that. Um, but, um, you know, in all that matters is to be prepared, to be willing, okay, and ha truly have a desire to, to do whatever it is you want to do. Uh, but if acting and performing is what you think you want to do, then um, get yourself out there, meet people that, you know, I, feel free to contact me. I advise, I, I'm always happy to coach anyone, to, to give, to share anything that I know. Um, and as I said previously, there's lots of room for people who want to be, can be, and are successful in this field. So, you know, 
it's not like there can only be a few people. There is plenty of room for lots of folks. I've been blessed to be as successful as I have been. And I, no doubt in my mind, this year, 2023, I'm going to the next level. And I, um, well, on that note, I'm going to stop you because here's the deal. Y'all know, y'all know I got caught up. I'm listening to you usher us all into 2023. And so on that note, ladies and gentlemen, you guys know that the clock on the wall says it's time to bring this rich conversation with Carl Atwater to a close. But if you want to stay connected with them, you know the drill. Head on over to our website, www.igmainc.org forward slash podcast and guess what you can hear the replay because he's given some rich nuggets he's told you what matters to him and last but not least guys you know we're here every saturday at 5 p.m for more informative episodes of all that matters talk show you can reach out to me via 770-422-4048 or click over on that email you know what the drill says admin at igmainc.org you can reach me and I promise you, I'm going to do all I can to keep bringing you great episodes like this one with Mr. Atwaters. And don't forget, we're not alone. We often hear from our other personalities for an eclectic listening experience every Saturday here on Autistic Throttle. So don't forget, set your dials, come back, and remember, you guys are the reason we're here. And on that note, Mr. Atwater, thank you so very much for taking 